Well, welcome to Off the Record. It's a candid, casual conversation about life, culture, and church. And today's a special episode, as today we're going to be talking a little bit of March Madness. It's hard to believe it is here this week. If you have not filled out your brackets yet, this is the week for you to do it. Uh, most surveys say today there will be 70 million people who fill out a bracket. Just to give you a sense of correlation, only 66 million people voted for President Obama. So there are more people filling out brackets than cared about who was the president of our country. So uh, it's an important time. So today, I just want to say this up front and give a confession. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see in the middle of our table, if you're just listening, you can't, there is a golden Chuck Taylor tennis shoe that I bronze for years when I first came here. And this is the March Madness golden shoe that our staff members, it is the most sacred thing that we play for every year. Uh, I have created this and I have never won it. Uh, I've been a bridesmaid, but never a bride. And this year, I want to turn it around because the last two years. Uh, if you're here at Lex City, Helen has won this thing. And uh, it just drives me crazy. The first year she knew nothing about this, nothing about basketball. And now if you know Helen, she is competitive. She is a learner. I ran across her in the hallway Sunday. I said, how's your bracket coming? And she gave me a breakdown on Arkansas and their defense. And she scared me a little that she could go for a three-peat. And so today I have brought in some heavy hitters to help me, and I just want to acknowledge it up front, this is to help me in my bracket this year. And uh, so let me introduce the guys and gals that we've got with you uh, here today. We're really uh, grateful. Uh, to the right here, I've got uh, Aaron Hogue, and Aaron is the uh, multi-area director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, Aaron has been just a, a great friend since my time here. And so, Aaron, thanks for joining us today. Hey, what's up? Yeah, thank you for having me, Brian. Man, awesome I am here. leaning into you. I know you've been with the ball team. You've got some insights. So, brother, I need you to help me. Hey, man, we're going to give it a great shot today. I, give it a good shot. I, I know no you work with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to tell you how nervous I am about this. I've also brought in today Courtney Love. And Courtney is the director of player development for our UK football. And so I have brought in some more bronze to help me. Courtney, thank Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's going to be good. And again, to let you know how really nervous I am about this year, this I'm most excited about as uh, we have... Uh we have come along. I brought in our very own, one of my favorites of all, Madison, uh, has come to join us this year to help me with my brackets. You might know Madison from Sunday morning, and she's just one of our amazing staff members, uh, just does an incredible job leading us in worship, and that's important. But Madison, I brought you in today for another purpose. Yes, I think I have some really important input and really specific input of how to pick these teams and how to really have a good winning bracket this year. That's what I like to hear. Mm -hmm. So let me just remind you as we jump into this, this week is quite a, uh, a week in American history and things like this. If you have a job like mine, uh, Thursday our staff will be Doing work, of course, but we will be doing it around a television. Uh, the economic impact of March Madness. Uh, corporate losses are anticipated this year to be at about $13.8 billion of lost uh, productivity during March Madness. So uh, just be ready for that. 56% of all millennials, so all millennials out here watching, they are willing to miss a work deadline in order to watch March Madness. So uh, that's our staff, and uh, we're going to have a great time as we do that. If you're like me, uh, when you're nervous, you eat. And uh, so I want to remind you what's going to happen. Pizza is going to be on an increase by 19%. Orders of pizzas coming in by fans, whether your team win or loses. 
9% increase of desserts, whether a win or lose. Uh, 23% increase in chicken wings during the tournament. That will be a total of 2.3 billion chicken wings that are going to be rocking in these next two weeks. That's an average of 14 wings per viewer. And uh, Madison has two. Courtney, that means you're probably rocking about 26 of these things. Sorry. And uh, it's going to be a, a good time as we go. And so these are the things that are happening, and we're going to jump into it today. March Madness. Everybody's got your brackets. You know where to go. And so... Uh, panel, just give me a quick overview, and then we're going to jump into some specifics about this year's bracket. What are your, some of your thoughts as you're looking towards 2022 bracketology? Hey, first thought is that I biased, grew up in Kentucky, grew up in central Kentucky. Kentucky wins every year. I mean, that's how you fill out a bracket. If you, if, so it starts there? If you bleed blue, you work backwards. I like what you're thinking. So All like, right. Even when you're not in the tournament, Kentucky still wins it every year. So there we like, go. So we got one of your four already yeah, in place. We got, we got already one. All right. I like that idea, Aaron. Yeah. All right. Courtney, what's your plan? What's your overview for this year's bracket? You know what? I got to be completely honest. I am terrible at filling out brackets. I never fill one out, but I do think this year is going to be special um, because we got some special players and I got to skip the line and say Kentucky's going to win it. Oh, man. All right. We got two back-to-back. <laughs> Madison, I'm turning to you, girl. As you've overviewed, you've studied this year's bracket. What are you feeling like? Well, I think that a lot of people actually overlook some things when picking out their teams. So I approach it a little bit differently. Um, I Basically, my rule is you look at the mascot first. Oh, Obviously. Is it an animal, or is it a person, or is it letters? So typically how that works is, is it an animal? Usually an animal will win against non-animals. Like oh, I like what you Letters can't there. really do anything or anything like that. Um, and then if it's animal versus animal, which animal do I like best? Or if I like them equally, which one one's going to win in a fight? Oh. You know, you have to think about those kind of things. And then if you have letters versus letters for a logo, which color do I like best? Which font do I like best? What would I wear on a T-shirt? You have to really consider those kind of things. I see. What I had, This may be why I haven't been winning. I have not been yeah. thinking about which font would look best on the T-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> what would be yes. slimming as yes. we go. So I'm going to come back to you. I like what you're thinking because... We know when it comes to these brackets, there's a couple statistical things that really are important that really, because this will be a year, a lot of people think the cats are going to be it. So the key is going to be what we're picking early. That's going to differentiate, put some small points could win this year. So we know this, that the 12-5 seed, 35% of the time, actually 35.4% of the time, the 12th seed beats the 5 seed. Madison, I've heard nothing from these guys that has inspired me, so I'm going to come back to you on this one, all right? We've got four, This because I'm excited already where this is going. We've got four 12-5 seed picks. Can you give us some insight? Let's start right up on the top. Connecticut, New Mexico State, what are you thinking and why? Um, yeah, well, first off, I'm a little bit confused why we're talking about seeds, because I thought we were talking about basketball. Um, <laughs> Point well taken. Looking at this, I think first you have... Connecticut, um, that's a dog, it's a husky. And then the other one is a man with a gun, which doesn't seem very uh, team player-y. Exactly, you know? yeah, I can so see I that. So I think with that one, um, the dog will probably win, especially because it's a husky. I obviously. like that pick. All right. I'm penciling in it. Connecticut moving on. Let's go down. Let's drop across. We're going to enter the other one. Let's go to Houston UAB. Mm. 
This one's going to be a tough one, I think, for you. This one's actually not a tough one for me. I should have known it um, was not. So this one, um, actually, this is, first off, we have letters versus a dragon. So this is letters versus a fire-breathing dragon. And on the, the Houston logo, I can't even tell what the letters are. Is that a U? Is it a Y? I can't tell. So we're going to go with the dragon. The dragons because a poor font choice from Houston. Exactly. It makes total sense now. The Blazers moving on. Mark it down, folks. You heard it here. Let's drop to the uh, the eastern part of the bracket. We got St. Mary's versus Indiana. Mm. St. Mary. So um, a lot of people actually don't know that St. Mary's logo is a Irish or Scottish warrior. I had no and, idea what a Gales was. That's um, what it is. Okay. Yes, yes. And Indiana's is looks like a candle holder. Um, I didn't really understand why they would have chosen that. So I think, obviously, like a shield is going to beat a candle holder. So we're going to go with uh, St. Mary. There you go. Irish warrior wins out every time. Yes. You are amazing. Let's finish Thank this you. thing off in the Midwest here. We've got Iowa, Richmond. Some Let's think this see. is going to be a tight one. What are you thinking? Um, this one, looking at it, we have a bird versus a spider. Um, but as I was looking at it, this bird looks extremely lifeless. Like there's no dimension or anything going on. So usually you would think, oh, a bird would come down and eat the spider or something. I was assuming that. But in this case, the spider looks extremely poisonous. So I'm going to have to give uh, this one to Richmond with the spiders. Well done. All right. Thank so you. for those of you that are filling out your brackets at home, Madison has chosen two upsets. These are the upset specials. Blazers over Cougars based on fonts and Spiders over the Hawkeyes versus Poisonous Spider. Exactly. It uh, It's so much easier. I should have had you years ago help me out with this. Well done. All right, gentlemen. She has set the bar high on insight into there. Let's just roll right on down. Let's talk final four. And uh, we're going to put you on the spot here. Aaron, who you got here? I know Man. we've got Kentucky. Yes, you got Kentucky for sure. That's a, I mean... There's no question about that. They're rolling. Um, we're definitely hungry now after taking the loss in the SEC. So we're did that waver you at all? The SEC uh, was not a good loss. No, it was not a good loss. But you know, uh, they they're gonna be hungry. Um, I'm also going with three total SEC teams in the final four. Here's some bias. I love so it. So we're going Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn in the final four. Wow. With I hate to say it. But Duke also. So I've got Kentucky and Duke squaring off. Ooh, um, I like that one. Yeah, and then but I've got I've got Tennessee and Auburn and Kentucky out of the three SEC schools in the final four. All right. Kentucky sending Coach K home. It's been a rough run for the coach here this year, and Kentucky's gonna finish the job, huh? Hey, why not? Why stop now? All Send right. Them on back. Send them on back. All right. As we go, Courtney. Let's just go with your top four. Where you where are you looking, brother? I gotta say, uh, Kentucky for sure. Um, as one, I would say Tennessee and Memphis going off, going with each other, and then Kentucky and Kansas. Um, I think you gotta put Kansas in there. I think Ooh. Duke has had too many heartbreaking losses. Um Especially this last one. So you're rolling Memphis, who's going to go through Gonzaga, first of all. I think so. And go through Duke. Yeah. Man, I love it. Yeah. What's the uh, the Memphis connection? 
I just I like the name. I and like, you like the mascot. Yeah. Again, Madison's yeah. influence on us already. Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing I did not agree with Madison about the What's Hawkeye. what's that one? I'm sorry. I thought I think the Hawkeye would, would eat a spider up, so I had to say uh Iowa's going to win that. All right. I'm sorry. Well, you heard it here. This is real. This is raw. This is where we go. Mark it down. Next week, you'll either give Madison a hug or you'll give Courtney a kick. We'll see. I love where you're going. All right, Madison, I cannot wait to see who you've got for your final four. Well, <clears throat> I do have um, Memphis in the final four. I love it. I really like the combination of the letter and the tiger. Um, I think tigers are just great animals. I would definitely wear that on a t-shirt. Also, um, I like Memphis. Very nice. The place. Don't know anything else about it, though. Um, then we also have um, UCLA or UCLA, whatever one it is. Um, it's got amazing font, amazing color. I think it stands great on its own. Um, and we have the cartoon birds as well, or uh, Kansas. There you go. I okay. think that bird just looks extremely friendly, um, but he also looks pretty tough. So I think out of all the birds, he's probably like top dog, top bird. The Jayhawk you know. rises to the top of yeah. the nest. I like what and you're thinking. And then lastly, we do have the dragons. The Blazers. Yes. 12 seed coming all the way to the top. Absolutely. I love it. There you go. Put it down. The Blazers rolling on. Now, yes. Madison, your your uh, bracket already is amazing. I want to remind you, if you pick the correct bracket, the odds of you doing this are one in 9.2 quatillion, the opportunity for you to do a perfect bracket. But I think you're on there. Blazers going to the so. final four. Absolutely. All right. I kind of like where you guys have gone. Mine ended up a little more boring this year, but I like where I'm at. Gonzaga has been my uh, not a big fan, but I think they're going to be strong. The Cats, I think, are going to rally back. I think you're right. I also agree the Jayhawks, one of the most powerful uh, foul coming out. And so out of the Midwest, Kansas comes, and I think Arizona is going to upset Tennessee to roll there to the Final Four. All right, let's close it out in this section. Let's get to your final pick. Who do you got winning and who's in the final? Aaron, we'll come back to you. Yeah, man, I, I, I got it. Kentucky and Auburn facing off with Kentucky winning it all. Oh, there you go. SEC to the end. Yep. Courtney, where you got now, brother? Uh, I got to say Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee. Oh, a rematch. I'd like to see it. I would like to see that too. We can live with that. Who do you think is going to pull it off at the end? Oh, Kentucky. Cats are back. I like that rematch all day long. Well done. Madison, here we go. I cannot wait to see if it's the Blazers or who is coming through. I would personally love to see the Tigers um, versus the Dragons at the very end. Yep. And I personally would love to see the Dragons come through for all of us. I love it. You heard it here first. UAB Blazers taking it off. First time in school history. Madison has made it so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I hate to say it, hate rooting against the home team here, but I've got Gonzaga versus Arizona, and I think the Zags, too much size inside, consistency all year. You've got to go with there, been there and done that. I've got the Zags pulling it off this year again. Hope I'm wrong, but that's where my bracket is. Well, friends, this again is off the record, and on this bonus bracket picking time, Pretty amazing picks. I hope this has been helpful and insightful. Madison, you brought everything to the table that I was hoping and more. Thank you. Gentlemen, 
I, I'm glad you're here. Uh, you brought nothing compared to what Madison brought today. I am looking at it completely different. I am now looking at fonts, mm-hmm. colors, ukla. Don't worry. It's it's not too late to change your brackets either. This is true. You've got till Thursday at noon. Thursday. Change it around. That yes. team in the West Coast, ukla, I believe you call them. Very yes. pretty colors. They could be an underdog as we go. Well, thanks so much for that. Hey, guys, we want to take a little bit of time and... Uh, Really, what I love about it is you have some insight into what's happening on your university and some of our players, and uh, we want to take just a few moments to, uh, to talk about that. And for those of you that are casual fans, we maybe want to share with you some names and some players to be cheering for and some great stories as we go. And so let's uh, head there next. Well, one of the big stories this year has been uh, Oscar Sheedway and his performance. And um, if you're not following the Cats on a regular basis, uh, Aaron... Both of you guys have had a chance to interact with them. Share a little bit about uh, even what you've experienced and what we're seeing. And for those that aren't familiar with Oscars, uh, really what he's done this year, share a little bit of that with us. Yeah. When, you know, being a fan first, just of UK basketball, athletics in general, you're, you're watching transfers, you're watching people come into the program. Last few years, UK hasn't had that many like transfer guys, but this year we have, right? So this guy's Oscar, I'm seeing him and, First interview I watched him, I'm like, there's something different about that dude. And sure enough, found out that he's a Christian, he's a believer. We start our FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athlete, just campus ministry in the fall. First gig that we have on a Monday night is that we're going to do a kickball game. And we do it on Kentucky's baseball field. And I look out in left field, and sure enough, here's coming. Um, here Oscar is coming down the left field line to join the kickball game. Like, I'm like, all right, who does that? You know, who is joining a kickball game? And he doesn't even know he's big time, and he's big time. You know, like, he he doesn't even know that. That's what the first thought that, you know, that I had of him and is just he really is just a normal guy that wants to be a normal college student and enjoy the experience. So that's how I first met him. He started coming just to our weekly FCA huddle meeting on Monday nights. He jumped in, and Courtney here comes with us and – Courtney would tell you, I mean, Oscar's there. He's a part of it. A lot of times in those Monday night meetings, you don't even know he's there. He's just taking notes. He's listening. But he re- he really is a special person. Uh, but but that's how we first got involved, just kind of meeting him. But I'm just and showing I think, up. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Oscar, Oscar is, what, six? Six, nine. Six, yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, from the Republic of Congo. And uh, that always has a special place in my heart as we spent four years there as a family. Mm. And coming out of some difficult, difficult times, uh, even with that country and what they've gone through. And I love what you shared about that. Like, he didn't know he was big time yet at this. And it's just a humility. I think for some of our high school athletes and things, boy, that humility, if you can walk in that, have that internal confidence, but walk in that humility, what a difference. No doubt. He he is a, uh, man, he's special. And Courtney and I have known each other for years and done player development from one way or another sure. and even through FCA and through what he does. And we get to have a lot of relationships with athletes that are high profile, no profile and everything in between. But every now and then you encounter a special one. That's right. Humility, servanthood, like coachable, teachable Oscar fits that, 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 you know, that fit. And I think what makes it so powerful is he's bringing it on the court. Uh, if you're not watching number 34 as he goes and, uh, he was uh, Sporting News National Player of the Year, and uh, the only other cat to do that, Anthony Davis, back in the day. And so he's in rarefied air, 
that we're seeing there. And if you're watching a tournament, watch the Cats this year. You're going to hear a lot of talk about this guy and what he's doing. Leads him with five categories. I think yeah. the first player since Davis to yeah. do that. And uh, he is killing Phenomenal. it. Phenomenal. Yeah. You know, what, I, what I love about it just from <clears throat> the – from the faith perspective, is that, you know, in God's eyes, every middle school, high school, college athlete through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, like what we do, it's all the same in God's economy. A person is a person, right? We're all created in the image of God. And a lot of a lot of athletes on campus that are involved in our ministry, um, you know, they, they just sometimes, like Oscar, not only has this genuine, authentic, hot, white fire love for Christ, but he also has that platform that you're talking about athletically on the court. His influence is vast right sure. now, and and that's rare. Like uh, Jeff Shepard that played at Kentucky was the 1998 NCAA Final Four MVP. His son, Reed Shepard's playing tonight in the Sweet 16 tournament for North Laurel. But Jeff Shepard in 98 was really one of the last Kentucky basketball players to kind of have that platform, like Final Four MVP, Love Jesus, FCA leader. So it's been a while for us to have a basketball dude to carry the name of Christ, but also be the leader on the court. Does that make sense? That what I'm saying, sense. like, yeah, like that. It's it, we're not saying like, but it's just been a while, and like, man, you, it's really refreshing. And I think even from the fan base to see people to see Oscar staying after the game, signing every autograph that who stands in line to see him love people and have a purpose for why he's playing. It's very evident when he gets interviewed, there's purpose. There's not just – I'm not playing without a purpose. I have that's purpose right. in my play. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Courtney, that's a little bit of your testimony back in the day. Uh, my great connection was you. I knew you before you knew me when you were a football player at the <laughs> University of Nebraska back in the day, 2014, uh, named you know Tom Osborne Citizenship uh, Award there, and uh, you were uh, – Hero ship, hero leadership award there at Nebraska, and you carried that mantle. Came here to Kentucky, yep. had some great success. Uh, I think one of the great honors, you know, was a being voted team captain, and uh, your your peers saw this with you. What, as somebody who has had to carry that mantle a little yep. bit of faith, and 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 yet being excellent on the on the field and in your area of sports. Um, what are the challenges? What are sometimes the dynamics that from the outside we don't see? That's hard to be this. Follower of Christ. That's right. And yet also being excellent in whatever God's placed you. Yeah, I think Aaron, you know, really nailed it on the head with, with Oscar. Because um, I've, I've, I haven't watched a ton of our basketball games this year, but I have seen him at FCA. I have seen the way people, um, you know, really describe him as a person, not just a basketball player, but a person and a child of God. Um, for me, it's been awesome to see that because I feel like, you know, I got a chance to do that while I was here. But when you see some of these guys that are in the spotlight that, that are like, I mean, he's a superstar, right? He's a superstar here at Kentucky. Um, and he's not using that just for, you know, his platform. Not He's using it for the platform of the Lord. And that's that's scary sometimes. But so I think Aaron has – Aaron told us probably during the season, he, he talks to our team and tells our guys different things. And one that stuck out with me was the acronym – for uh, the word real, I think Oscar displays this tremendously. I think it's something that I've been able to display tremendously um, without even knowing. But uh, the R in real is reject passivity. The E is expect greater rewards from God. The A is accept responsibility. And then the L is lead with courage. 
Um, I think rejecting passivity is huge in this day and age um, within this environment with the way the culture is to an extent, you know, social media and things like that. It's not popular to pronounce your faith every day, to give God the glory every time you you do something good. Um, because, like you said, he, is, he has a purpose behind him. And you can tell he's not just playing with himself, with his strength. He's playing with more strength that was given to him by our Lord, um, by his family, by his coaches, by his his community, by his people that are supporting him in his walk. Um, and then he's expecting those rewards. He's expecting that from God. He's expecting that if I go and put this work in, this is what's going to happen. If I go and treat people right, I'm going to get right done to me. You know, um, And then accepting responsibility, I think – that's another big thing about, you know, what he's probably doing. He's expect he's accepted the responsibility to come into Kentucky and be the best player that he can be in all phases of the game, on the court, off the court. And then I don't think you can do, um, you know, any of those first three topics without leading with courage. And you got to lead yourself with courage too. And I think uh, that's tough, you know, when you talk about the passive, the passivity part, you know, telling guys, you know, what, what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Um, is huge, and I try to tell our guys that all the time. Um, working in this development space, um, it's it's tough because you got a lot of young guys who, you know, they're scared or they they want to act like you know things are just gonna come natural or things are gonna be easy. It's not gonna be easy, but we have to realize that and not be passive about it, and we have to take a, a stand right then and there. And I think that's what Oscar's displaying, and he's showing a lot of athletes, not only athletes but kids and you know people all around the world that. No matter where you come from, no matter what you do. I mean, he was at West Virginia and probably didn't realize he would be in this position and stayed faithful and a door opened up and he he took the chance. He, he took, took the opportunity. Chance. Yeah, that's great. That real. Aaron, I'm impressed as a speaker and communicator, somebody can actually not only recall what you say and bring it back strong. So <laughs> well, kudos to you, brother. Hey, yeah. Well, we, we do talk about that a lot around the building and the facility with athletes. You know, being a real man, obviously that's raising a modern-day night. You know, great teaching, great curriculum, but that's what we desire to see. Sure. Yeah. And we desire to see guys uh, that, you know, we have 130, <laughs> you know, men. There's, a, you know, approximately 500 athletes at UK. You know, 20% of them or more are football players. So, you know, we have a great opportunity to try to influence, um, you know, through the player development program, they have a motto, four for 40 meaning these four years that you're approximately going to be here at the university, we want these four years to change your next 40 years. That's right. Well, that's that couldn't be even better said through a spiritual lens as well hmm. so that we can come in and say, we want to disciple you, invest you. And so FCA has kind of been blessed to be able to kind of partner with that and come alongside, whether it's weekly meetings as a multi-sport huddle, different teams, different athletes, male, female, whether it's team huddles throughout the week or whether it's retreats, we want to try to do that same motto, four for 40, so that their four years here, they can grow in a discipleship process with Christ that can change the next 40. Well, that's so good. And I hope as you're listening is today, I think what I continue to be so encouraged is you hear these men share, this is a cohesive partnership for the kingdom that's bigger than just this organization or just this and that doesn't happen on every university and I think the Lord has blessed what's happening at UK because these are the men who are leading it and their humility uh, towards one another is such a, a, a powerful example for us and they're men who have walked this 
And anytime this is a difficult thing, we're molding young men and young women who are alpha males at the at their high school level. They're now playing SEC athletics, the biggest, highest level you can along these things. And now you have this new thing, the the NIL comes in. And if you're not familiar with that, the new ruling with name, image, and likeness. And now students, athletes are now getting compensation at various levels. Yeah. Uh, how has that impacted you as you're trying to mold young men and young women towards humility, dependence on the Lord, and now some of them are experiencing life-changing resources coming in their lives. You know, I would say uh, dealing with it, you know, up close and personal, just helping our guys understand that, look, the money is not everything. The money is not what is going to, you know, get you to, and of course, you know, it could be something that, hey, you dangle this amount of money in front of a kid and he's going to go harder or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're not going to find the satisfaction in that. And I think um, a, a great thing that happens in our locker room, um, you know, I can't speak for any other teams, but, you know, I think our guys really understand, like, they're proud for their teammates when their teammates get, you know, a deal or, you know, something from, like, Will Levis, for instance. I mean, he got a huge deal. Will um, Wondell Robinson got a huge deal, and guys are happy for them. But they're not only using that for themselves to be selfish. They're, like, Will is taking his – offensive line out to eat every time he can with some of his uh, NIL deals, you know. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just keeping them, like you said, that humility piece, keeping them to understand that, listen, football remains the same. Um, we're still trying to change your life through this game. We're still trying to get you to a point where, you know, it's a resource. It's going to be, you know, um, you know, a bridge to a gap, for instance. I think NIL is the same thing, and you got to be able to foster relationships um, while doing that and you gotta it also forces our guys to become CEOs of their own brand it, it teaches them like look I gotta hold myself to a higher standard because now I'm not only representing myself my university my last name but I'm representing a company that's saying here we're gonna pay you x amount of dollars to go out there and perform and not only perform but perform off the field and be an upstanding citizen so that you know you make us look better too. Courtney how have you helped so a lot of these student athletes, I mean, at this level, it's all consuming just to be good at your sport. Now you've got these young men and young women, they're coming off the field. They've still got academics. They still got all the challenges of college. And now they're responsible to, to carry a brand. They've got to be on social media a certain amount of time. They got to do all this. And if you're not careful, I would assume these can become quick distractions to the main sure. thing. How are you able to, and what encouragement do you give them about keeping the main thing, the main thing and not getting so distracted with all these other endorsement things that really can begin to move your identity uh, and move your focus away from them? I would say it comes with time, uh, time management, really. Um, our guys are so busy throughout the week um, that they don't have a lot of time to just kind of goof off when it comes to social media or, you know, kind of trash the way they spend money or whatever. Um, our guys are they're, they're starting to become more aware of, hey, look, if I make this decision, this is what it's going to lead to. And I think with the people that we have in place with, you know, Aaron, myself, um, even our sports information department, our strength staff, um, our coaches even, um, everybody works together. And, and it's really that village that you think of when when a kid is being raised. Um, I think and that, that was something for me, myself, like it was a village that really raised me, a community of people that really raised me, of support staff and I think we've got so many people in place that understand what these guys are going through right now and that have been in this area 
for so long, we can help them along that way um, for guys who are new and may not really understand what they're getting into. That makes total sense. Well, Aaron, never before has FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I think been more important than today on our uh, university campuses. Uh, can you just, for our folks who may not be as familiar with what all FCA does, uh, what that looks like for us, even at a high school level, college level, and then specifically maybe at UK, what are some things that are unique that we're able to do in that setting? Yeah, yeah. so the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, our mission statement is to lead every athlete and coach into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. So we want to try to lock in on that word every. Every athlete, every coach. So that can be an overwhelming task when you really begin to think about that. We're actually one of the, I think I'm correct on this, but it's one of the very first times that we actually have more athletes that are playing sport that are not playing sport on their public school campus. So in other words, we have more athletes playing sport outside of their school team, their function, because of club club teams, teams, um, travel ball, whatever you want to say. But I think uh, at large across across the nation, statistically, the numbers are off the chart with off-campus sports. So right now we're trying to pivot a little bit and begin to think about, okay, if we're going to reach that word every, all right, we're going to have to continue to raise up not just hire enough staff. Like you can't hire enough staff. But you're going to have to empower volunteers, coaches, to take ownership of their life, ownership of God's call on their life, not just to, hey, coach you athletically, but to coach you spiritually. For example, I'm walking through a discipleship program right now with one of our coaches on campus, Brad White, our defensive coordinator. Uh, Courtney would tell you Brad's just a a stud of a person, a fantastic guy, but um, He said he was interested to go through this FCA discipleship process called E3, Engage, Equip, and Empower. We've been walking through that. He pulls me over at spring practice the other morning, smiling, running down the sideline. And he smiled. He said, Aaron, I did it. And I was like, oh, no, man, what'd you do? I was a little nervous. I'm not sure what he was saying. And he said, I did it. And I said, what? He said, I started my own huddle. And, And what he meant by that in our terminology was a huddle is a small group in that he pulled his position players aside and he had a conversation with them and he simply said, hey, I'm not here just to coach you in football. I'm here to teach you about who God is. That's so good. And so every Tuesday and Thursday, he pulls his position players together in his office and they have a 15 or 20-minute huddle before they hit the field. How cool is that? And how courageous. You know, I think for some of our folks that are listening, I mean, this is – this is not an easy thing to do at a Division One yeah. high-profile university right. and, and take some courage to do that. Some of you may be sitting at your workforce and say, I don't know if I could do this at Toyota or I could do this. Listen, yes, there's opportunity to do that if you take the courage and it sounds like players have responded. So if you take that small example, and so like right now, just on the UK's campus, the FCA, what does FCA look like just at the University of Kentucky? We, COVID, God really used COVID to force our hand to do disciple-making. Like... We said it by title, by claiming it in theory. And yeah, was there discipleship occurring? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, at some level, but it forced our hand to make it more of a priority, not plan B, but plan A. And so what we did in that was that because we weren't allowed to have male, female, different teams come together, they had to stay within their own team huddles. 
we identified an FCA leader off each athletic team on the campus. And then we would do a training or a leadership team meeting, development discipleship, every other Sunday night with them. They would take then what we taught them and just reteach it that week to their team. Well, we had more student athletes involved in FCA, if you just did the math, doing that strategy and that practice than we had pre-COVID. Well, as a result, now that things are kind of opening back up and we're going, like they're empowered. We've got a girl right now on the softball team, J.C. Babb. She's actually finishing up her spring semester. She's going to come on staff with us in the fall. I think there's like 10 girls on that softball team that have come to know the Lord, not because of Aaron Hogue, not because of any of our staff, but because of a softball player named J.C. Babs, who literally just read the words of Christ and said, I want to try to go live that. Amen. And, and like this past Sunday, two of them were baptized. She hosts a weekly Bible study in her apartment. There's 10 or 15 girls that gather every week. Like there's nothing that gives me greater joy than to see someone owning their ministry where God's called them. So in a nutshell, that's what we're trying to do on every middle school and high school and collegiate campus throughout Central Kentucky, but we're just trying to empower others because you can't hire enough staff to make that happen. You're going to have to have coaches and athletes say, hey, I've got a team. What can I do? Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the direction we're going. Um, ultimately, our heart, that's my motto. That's kind of our, if you kind of, you know, get my feel on that in terms of what, what I believe, and, and that's what we're kind of seeing happen. And then just at UK, like Courtney was a part of it. Courtney's still part of it. His office is right around the corner from where we meet. It, it's a family. It's a community where one of the things you're getting to see in Division One sports and at the SEC level is that it's semi-professional. I mean, goodness gracious, the pressure Courtney just talked about that these kids have on them, not just athletically but academically. Like, I, I don't know. how. I don't know if I would want – my children aren't blessed enough to be able to play at that level, but I don't know if I would want them to. But they, they have a lot of pressure. Well, it's such silo-driven. Football has their building. Baseball has their building. Softball has their – well, their meals, their academics, their, uh, you know, looking at film. They can stay in that building all day long and That's never right. leave the building. Like, when I went to college, I knew every other sport went to their games. Right. Like, like, so what we're learning, though, through FCA is that God is using FCA is that it's the only thing in the athletic arena that where male and females from other sports can get together and meet each other. Wow. So that's been kind of our flag we're waving for fellowship. And then through that, we're beginning to have great conversations about, okay, why am I here? When identity is great, you know, when your performance is good. Yeah. But when it's bad, what does that mean? Then, So, like, you know, we all get tested, and God uses trials to get our attention. And so having great conversations over that. But that's, we get to do some cool things, and that's that's what we're seeing happen, you know, over the course From of the, the very beginning. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's such – for you, if your parents that are listening, I mean, this is really the heart of FCA. When I was in high school, uh, I was a part of an FCA, came in as a small little – scrawny little freshman knew nobody and Keith Jones who uh, was a football star and then at Nebraska and then went on in the NFL was our huddle leader and it was like oh if Keith is there yeah. it just helped me find a place to be begin to be a part of so parents encourage you if you've got a middle school or a high schooler that is involved in tennis or bowling or anything this is just uh, a place to connect and find community for our teachers and coaches uh, if you don't have an FCA group at your school, you can be a sponsor. And uh, it's such a difference. And if we can continue to lay that groundwork, you're reaping the fruit of that at the college level. Uh, and again, an amazing ministry. 
Aaron, for those of us that would hear this today and like your heart resonates, how, how can we be connected with FCA? How do we help uh, engage? Um, I know many of your staff uh, raise support. Um, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I appreciate you asking. It, that's always a thing, right? Like they're basically our staff are like local missionaries going to schools. I, I've often said that um, I've been on staff now with FCA for 15 years I often have said that if there's like a lack of a better word, like any magic, like within FCA, what is that? What is the deal? Like what makes it kind of unique or special? And it's this, is that we get to go to where they are. You get to find yourself in the locker room, on the bus, in the dugout, on the court. And you get to go where the, where they are to build relationships, to have conversation and then get, take them on a spiritual journey. Well, this takes time. And, and the staff that we have, we have eight total staff right now in our office here in central Kentucky that serve 15 counties. We're bringing another person on in the fall. We divide that up geographically and everybody has campuses and schools that we cover. But for a long time, we had this strategy that we're going to spread and cover and everybody do the best you can. We're now we're trying to have a mindset to shrink and grow, shrink our student, our staff to school ratio so that staff cover less schools so we are still trying to hire more staff, but we just can't ever hire enough. But we do need to get that down. So one of the ways we do that is we have an FCA fundraising banquet once a year. So in a weird way, we actually stop doing ministry one night a year and pass the hat one night of the year so that we can do it the rest of the year. And I'd so, say what a powerful thing. I got a chance to go to that uh, my first year. We'll put a link at the, pod, uh, the podcast there with some information on that. And I think that really the thing, Aaron, that uh, I was reminded like, man, you're just an amazing dude that's having impact is when Coach Stoops stood up and said, this guy is impacting my faith journey. And I thought, wow, uh, at that point, you know, God is really blessing. I think what you men are doing that you've got influence at the highest levels on our university, all the way down to our high schools and middle schools. And so a powerful thing. And so again, that link will be on the bottom here and encourage you. If you've got a night to go be encouraged about what's happening on our university and really, again, how the gospel is moving forward, faith is being uh, sown into these young people, uh, many who this will end their athletic career, but there will also be some uh, that go on to the next level. And I know here at Lex City, uh, you know, Josh Pascal has been a, a, a staple here and with our youth and, you know, he's moving into that next journey and the challenges will become greater and the sure. expectations sure. greater. But what you men have planted into his heart uh, about who Jesus is, uh, is so encouraging. So, and Brian, if I could say one yeah. other thing about that FCA, like, that FCA banquet we're doing, you mentioned Oscar Sheedway. Oscar will be there that night sharing and speaking. But there's also a dude, a blast from the past. I'm not sure if this made it out to Nebraska, but he did in the southeastern part of the United States. But Jeff Foxworthy is <laughs> our Fox. keynote speaker. Hey, I so, love it. Yeah. So you Jeff know Fox you're redneck yes. and you know you love yes. SEC. Here yes. we go. <laughs> so he is our keynote speaker for the night this year. Foxworthy is. And then Oscar Sheedway. So it, it should be a fun night. It's April 24th. It's a Sunday night at, at 6 o'clock. We're just going to do it and, you know, have a program that night. So we'll, we'll give you the link and you can check it out. We'd love to have you. To be, the truth of it is, is we just can't do it without people like you and your church and other people just says, hey, we would like to help. How can we do that? Fantastic. Well, mark your calendars. That will be a fun night uh, with those two that go. Well, March Madness is upon us more than just basketball games and brackets. It really is young men and young women trying to live their faith out. There will be tears and there will be joy, 
and uh, it will be a lot of fun and lifelong memories for these young people as they experience that. Well, guys, thanks for spending part of our afternoon with us today on uh, Off the Record. We're so glad that you came. I appreciate you uh, as brothers in Christ. I appreciate what you're doing on our university, and uh, I just love to see men and women who use the platform of athletics for the gospel in ways. And so keep up the good work. Hey, Brian, one other thing. I, I just want to thank you and your church. You, you guys have and I'm not just saying this because we're doing this podcast, but like it's yeah. just because it's true. There, there's not too many churches that we encounter that are kingdom minded as well as you all are. And obviously, that goes from you, you know, the culture that's here, uh, loving Jesus, loving the people, loving community, loving Lexington. And man, we feel that at UK. We feel that with our athletes. I know they're over here all the time. I'm like, hey, they said, well, we went to a church. What church? Well, there's only one church I've ever seen. Like, oh, we're over next to <laughs> So it's like, but I, I just want to say thank you because yeah. it, that doesn't go unnoticed. And I just, I mean, you know, it's like, that's just the truth. I, if it wasn't true, I wouldn't say it. No. I would still say thank you for having us on the podcast. But yeah. that's true. And I just want you to know that. Well, thank you, guys. I'll say also I, I thank you because, you know, this is the first where we kick our, our season off pretty much in January where we have the, the kids' fellowship night and um, our guys that first come into campus for the first time, this is the first community service thing that they do. This is the first time they get a chance to kind of go out to the community, show who they are, but also just have some fellowship and some worship. Um, in the last three years, it's been a blast. So we look forward to keep doing that, and thank you for opening doors for us to do it. Hey, what a privilege. We are for Lexington, and uh, we're glad to be able to do this thing together. Well, go Cats, and uh, let's see how this run goes. We're looking forward to it. Well, thanks again for joining us for another episode of Off the Record.